Welcome back to the Avenue, guys. We have a special post-draft episode. We gave our mock draft in the previous episode. Didn't go to plan at all, actually, but that's the fun in the draft. We got some winners, losers, uh, and some personal favorite picks here. Obviously, the draft was crazy in all seven rounds. I think all teams did. I, I think they all took decent strides to make their team better. There isn't like a clear loser of this draft, uh, despite what people might say. So we'll start with like a roundtable discussion on the biggest winners of the draft. It can be team or players. We're going to start with Rohan. Who do you think was a big winner in the 2021 NFL draft? Yeah, so this is kind of obvious to a lot of people, but I think the biggest winner was the Chicago Bears uh, when they selected Justin Fields with the 11th pick. Um, I thought he was the second best quarterback going into the draft, uh, obviously behind Lawrence. So him sliding to 11 was surprising to me because we had him going three to San Fran. So him going to 11, uh, definitely big win for Chicago. Yeah, I, I think that's like going to be a big takeaway from this draft. A big thing the Bears also did, I mean, they had two big weaknesses, quarterback and, and right tackle. And they trade up for Justin Fields, and they trade up for Tevin Jenkins, who was a first-round pick. So they clearly got better. You guys think the Bears can – compete in the AFC North or NFC North, especially with the Packers going or with Rodgers Maybe, probably yeah. going? Depends on what happens to Rodgers. See if he gets mm -hmm. traded or not. I have no faith in the Bears. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I, I don't know. So. I, I think they have a shot. I, I feel like Fields is just – he's going to step in and start like relatively quick because we all know Andy Dalton isn't all that. But I think it just depends on what happens with Rodgers. Maybe the Vikings, man. I don't know. I kind of like the Vikings this year, too. I think they've taken strides to improve themselves. I was listening to something, and they were saying, like, Justin Fields could be the best quarterback in that division if Rodgers leaves, obviously, in, like, the mm -hmm. next year and a half or something. That's oh, so true. Because, I mean, yeah. the Packers have, what, Jordan Love next? Yep, Jordan Love. Yes, that's a good point. I'll move on to to the next winner we have. This is my like biggest winner of the draft. I think the Browns took this draft, already had a good free agency period, already had a good roster. I think they hit this draft for the park, taking uh, Greg Newsom uh, to play opposite of Denzel Ward. I think you have a very good uh, lockdown corner duo there. And in the second, recognizing that linebacker is like virtually the only need for this defense, and they trade up give away not many picks at all, and they take uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. I think he fits well in that Browns team more than any other team just because he can play that that linebacker spot but also that hybrid safety spot and get in the slot and defend a uh, defense slot receivers if he needs to. I think the Browns, for me anyway, I think they're biggest, the biggest winners in this draft. Yeah, I like it. I like JOK. I don't know how you said his name normally, but I'm going to call him JOK. Yeah, I, I thought he was a beast. Yeah, we'll see how he does at this next level. He slipped a lot. Like teams had him like top twenty at the very least, and he fell to I think fifty. It's a big drop for him. I don't know but how that, you look at other linebackers and pass up on him. That's why. Actually, I'll get into it later. But yeah, um, that Browns offense is already stacked enough. They didn't need to pick up anything there, especially with OBJ coming back. He got yeah. um, Chubb and Hunt. And they, they even got in the third round pick, one of my personal favorites. They got Anthony Schwartz, a guy who ran sub 425 at his pro day. Like oh, he wow. has world class speed. 
And I mean, he's not going to get you like five receptions a game, but you give him the ball and teams defenses are worried. So I love that pick for them in the third. I, I really think they just had such a phenomenal draft. So four, two, five. Yeah. Like he, he was a former track runner. So granted, like he's like seasoned in that sense. So the number might be a little inflated, but he was even saying like, he was disappointed in a four, two, four, like how I don't understand, but he wanted better. He's a fast kid. Oh, that's like, that's kind of crazy speed. What was, uh, what's the fastest 40 song? Uh, it was John Ross. <laughs> yeah, what four two one? I think yeah, it was a four two one because I think Chris Johnson ran a four two two. He's right there, then, man. That's crazy. Yeah, he's up there. But you look at John Ross's like rookie year, but he fumbled on his first like touch. Yeah, man, he just had to put it together. I, he did I feel like, like that, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. I think he's in New York now with the Giants. It'll be interesting. But that's a big thing with these speed guys. Like selecting Murley, like Henry Ruggs has not panned out in his rookie year. John Ross obviously hasn't panned out. I don't know. They're just too slight. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing, especially when you look at Devontae Smith, too. 166 pounds, it gets me worried. Well, he plays differently, I feel like. He's mm. way more physical. Yeah. Like, Ruggs is not trying to get touched. That's a very good point. All right, Avery, who's your winner? So I got two, but I'm starting off with the Patriots, honestly. I think the Patriots mark this draft. Mac Jones, to me, he might not be like a very flashy pick, but I think plugging him in New England is perfect for him. Like He doesn't really have to make crazy things happen. The expectations are fairly low for the Patriots anyways. Like, he can kind of go in stress-free and do what he does. Um, and then in the second round, we had Christian Barmore, who I liked a lot. I honestly didn't see him slipping out of the first. Mm-hmm. I really liked him as a tackle. Um, I just think he's a beast. Any defensive lineman coming out of Alabama, I'm automatically going to like. So, yeah, Patriots are definitely one of my biggest winner. Yeah, they, they've struggled historically in the draft, too, so seeing them get this. Something I, I did like see somewhere that I thought was a good point is that you know how you have like your your veteran quarterback kind of grooms your your younger quarterback like Fitzpatrick Tua that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. The offense with Cam Newton and Mac Jones is like night and day, and how different it would like have to be run. Yeah. So I, I don't know how the coaches would like. Maybe you play Cam this entire year and have Mac sit on the bench, but it's just like a completely different playbook for both of them. Uh, I'm. I don't know. I know there's a lot of people that are big on Cam Newton. I'm not big on him at all, man. I like Cam Newton as a quarterback at all. I think the Patriots need to get rid of him and let Mac Jones take it over. It's not an unpopular thought, especially with the way Mac played in college. I just think, wasn't he, I I might be tripping here, but I feel like he threw a lot of checkdowns. I feel like I saw that in looking at him. He was very good and. In short accuracy passing, which is, I think, a very underrated part. I, that's why a lot of people thought he'd go to the 49ers because they run a lot of those the checkdown and dump down passes. But what he did, he like he led the receiver on like screen passes and like got yeah. them started. It was, he was very good in short accuracy situation. I think that's like that's the biggest reason I have him or the Patriots winning because mm. I mean you look my but you look at Brady, all their Super Bowls. 
all like teams are complaining constantly about how Brady just throws a check down, mm-hmm. but he does it so well. Mac Jones does it really well. I don't know. Might might spark a little something up there. You heard it here first. Avery Rice is calling Mac Jones the next Tom Brady. He really might be. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. He would definitely be. He was he was the what the last quarterback taken off the board, which is how it should be. But also, I, it's very interesting that it was only four picks separating Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Yeah, that's like a potential thing, though. I don't think like Justin Fields has the craziest ceiling, probably. Yeah, probably. yeah, and and at the same time, Mac Jones has like the highest floor. Like you know, he's going to be pretty effective out of the gate. Yeah, fair point. I like the Patriots as a winner. We'll move on to Roe. Give me your second winner. Yeah, so my second winner is the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think they addressed two positions that they desperately needed. Um, one being wide receiver, they drafted Devontae Smith uh, with the 10th pick after a shocking trade with the Cowboys. I did not expect that at all. I don't think anyone expected that. And then um, in the second round, Landon Dickerson, offensive lineman. After seeing what Wentz had to go through last year, um, I thought that was the perfect pick. You need to protect Hurts so he doesn't get hurt. So it's a great dad joke. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it was not scripted. Totally <laughs> off the head. I think it was important to get Dickerson for uh, uh, he had the highest PFF grade for run blocking last year, and I think that's like underrated when you're talking about bro. You had a good point last year or last not last year, last episode in talking about getting Penny Sewell for Joe Mixon as well. Yeah, I never really thought about having offensive linemen in terms of run blocking, but Dickerson is easily the best interior blocker. Uh, in terms of run blocking, too. So that'd be important for Miles Sanders. That's another Alabama trenches player. I'm going to keep harping on it. I love the trenches in Alabama. <laughs> Every time I see someone entering the draft and they're from Alabama and they were one of the tackles, I'm taking them. Man, Alabama had crazy talent this year. In the first round alone, just off the top of my head, you got Devontae Smith, Patrick Sertain, Mac Jones, Dickerson, Leatherwood, Jalen Waddle, oh yeah, my Najee. god, Najee, that's seven in the first alone. Mm-hmm. I guess Dickerson was second, but that's that's unbelievable. I feel like if that's you draft, pick. yeah, and, and if you draft an Alabama player in any point of the draft, you have to be happy with it. Exactly. Eagles got two of them, so it's definitely a winner. I'll move on to my second winner. I like the Ravens here. I think you you enter the draft with a big need at wide receiver one. Sammy Watkins, you sign them. I think we all know Sammy Watkins is not playing in a 17-game season now. I don't think he plays more than 10 games. He's just been off the field way too much. You need a reliable yeah, target. Good first game, though. Yeah, man. First game, Sammy. Always. And if you're listening for fantasy advice, always start Sammy Watkins. <laughs> yeah. Go off for it. Yeah, they, they got a reliable target in Rashad Bateman, who I think is is the f- highest highest floor in this draft in terms of receiver. Maybe besides Jamar Chase, but I think Rashad Bateman is going to give you consistent catches. He's just good at everything. Really, there's not a hole to pick in his game. You get him a reliable target, or you get Lamar a reliable target, and then you have another first-round pick because the Orlando Brown trade with the Chiefs. You get Jason Owe, who's a speed rusher. He might take some time to develop, but if he's ever going to develop into a, a top rusher in this league, it's going to be in Baltimore. They have the coaching to do it. And then you also followed up with with a nice interior offensive lineman and Ben Cleveland. You need that after Marshall Yonda's gone. 
then they also get Sean Wade. Sean Wade is getting a bad rap, man. He fell to like the fourth or fifth because in college he just got like absolutely mauled by Devontae Smith. But I feel like he's all right. You got him there too. It's a good value pick. I like the Ravens in this draft. Yeah, yeah so I mean, Rashad Bateman. That's a big target. Mm-hmm. So, Smith, in our mock draft um, last episode, we were talking about Bateman going to the Titans, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, his blocking ability for Derrick Henry. And That's a very good point. with the Ravens, like, they love to run those. Um, I'm blanking out. What are RPOs. they called? Yeah, RPOs with Lamar. So that's a nice um, outside blocker for Lamar if he can get some space. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I think that's part of the reason that they, they targeted him too, right? Because Elijah Moore was still on the board. He was gaining a lot of traction as well. I think I think Rashad Bateman would fit in there well. Yeah, Minnesota, he was a tremendous run blocker, which I feel like it's gets ignored in, in wide receivers. It's, it's a big part of the game that people don't talk about enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like those big, big targets, especially for Lamar. Struggled with overthrows a little bit last season. Mm. Give him a six-two receiver with long arms. It's pretty hard to overthrow that. All right, Avery, give me, give me your third winner, second winner, second one. Yeah, uh, I'm going Chargers for the second winner. I know I went Patriots first for me, so I'm going Chargers second. Um, Justin Herbert obviously was under lots of pressure last year, constantly, constantly getting sacked, having to get out of the pocket, move around. So bringing Rashawn Slater, who's absolute beast, right behind what's his name, Penay Sewell or whatever, second best tackle in the game or in the draft. He's absolute beast. And then second round, opposite side of the ball, Sante Samuel Jr. I think right now, who do they have? They have Chris Harris or something? Yeah, Chris Harris, who's like a, a slot nickel kind of cornerback. I, I think they got rid of Desmond King, so there definitely was a need there. Yeah, so you bring in someone that can potentially be a lockdown corner. Might have to you know, move him around a little bit, but I definitely like having that side of the ball covered. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that Slater fell all the way to – uh, 13. Definitely was not expecting that. Yeah. Well, I think this draft, the, the, the skill positions were just insane. It was really hard to look at a skill position and pass up on them. Right. So. Yeah, right. That's, that's, I think that's why so many receivers went in the first two. I'm like Kadarius Tony, you reach on him mm-hmm. at 20. I, I think teams kind of fell in love with that. I feel like you're missing out on someone and you go grab them just to hope they pan out. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's 100% facts. Those are those are our winners there. I, I added in the Texans here. I, I feel bad for the Texans. They didn't have anything. Their first pick was a third-round pick just because of Laramie Tunsil, Mr. Gas Mask himself. They traded so much for him. <laughs> I, they, they got Davis Mills, the quarterback. I think if he, if he pans out, obviously he's not going to be Deshaun Watson, but with all this controversy, you get him. You get, you get a few other skill position tight end, Brevin Jordan. The Texans are going to be bad next year, guys. Do you, I've seen I've seen some, believe it or not, I've seen some 2022 mocks already just a few days after the draft, and they have the Texans first overall, which makes sense. They have them taking a Spencer Rattler, quarterback from Oklahoma, mm. first overall. Yeah, that's something interesting. Oh, so they think Deshaun's time in Houston is done. Yeah, even if it isn't, that team is still 
terrible. Maybe not first overall terrible, but you think Deshaun pulls like a, a Le'Veon Bell here, holds out until he gets traded, or maybe until his contract expires or something. I don't know what his trade value is at this point. Like, what team really yeah. wants all that controversy? Yep, he uh, could be suspended too. Because if we are, I want to hit a quick, just another winner. Mm-hmm. Go on. Uh, all right, the Steelers. I hate them. Opposite side of PA, but. I think they killed this draft too. I think Najee Harris was a little bit of an interesting pick just because you still have, uh, what's his name over there, James Conner. But I think you look at who's left on the board after Najee, and that's kind of the last, like, flare pick. So I like that a lot. And then in the second round, you go on and you get a Penn State tight end who really I did not watch him at all. But from what I've heard, sounds – like he's gonna do big things in the league right now. Who do they have? They have um, Ebron. Ebron, who he's a little old. Yeah, he's kind of wearing down. So you bring in a nice young tight end, someone for uh, Ben to hopefully get the ball to, actually put it in his hands. And I don't know. I like that a lot. I think they killed the draft as well. I think what the Steelers are doing is. They aren't rebuilding just yet because if you're rebuilding, you don't take a running back in the first round. They think they have, they think they have one more shot to maybe a few more shots with Ben under center because he was he didn't do all that bad last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, were, he wasn't horrible. Yeah, they were a good team behind that defense. So you really don't need to air the ball out all the time. So yeah, and you look. I know we were talking off the podcast about Trevor Lawrence and ETN bringing them together. You look at a couple backfields and you have two running backs now. Kind of seems like the new meta. So now yeah. you have James Conner and uh, Najee Harris. It's kind of deadly. Plus, Steelers O lines, all right. They're pretty good, actually. So get to churn in the rock. I don't know. That's going to be a tough team. Honors in Arizona, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's in Arizona. They still got Benny oh, Snow back there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. They got, they got Benny Snow. But yeah, it definitely was a need uh, running back as well. His big comparison, Najee Harris's, was Le'Veon Bell, which is weird considering you think Najee Harris is like this this downhill runner, which he can be, but he's very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. And Avery, I think this goes back to your point about Mac Jones being excellent in short area passes. A part of the reason he's a very good catcher is because of uh, Mac Jones's ability to throw mm-hmm. uh, like out of the backfield. So I, I think that obviously Roethlisberger is a great passer, but I think his pass-catching pass ability is going to slightly decrease in Pittsburgh. But still, yeah. I like ben that. loves to check it down, though. Yeah, that's like Pittsburgh running backs. They uh, they like fake block, and then they go out for a little two-yard route and then catch it and run with it. It's the only way Ben doesn't throw a pick. Just yeah. make a nice little dump off. And that's why he has those like sixty pass attempts per game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We got through a lot of winners there. Anyone want to add one more winner? All I right. think I've got mine. All yeah, right. I think I'm good. Let's get into the losers. Row, start us off with the loser. All right. So my biggest loser is 
the Green Bay Packers slash Aaron Rodgers. Um, because Rodgers doesn't want to be there anymore, as the reports say. And they didn't even take an offensive player in the first round. They decided to draft a cornerback. And another year, another uh, draft pick that goes against what Rodgers wants. And he always wanted another first-round receiver to pair with Adams. Still didn't address that. So I I honestly think he's going to get graded. So this is a big loss for the Packers. Yeah, I think that's pretty true. It's starting to look like the end of the old era. Brady out of New England. Mm. Rodgers out of Green Bay. Breeze Breeze is gone. Phillip Rivers is gone. I mean, we got new exciting new young exciting quarterbacks here I was it'll be say. interesting to see where rogers goes though because if he goes to like the 49ers that would be something Ray Lynx yeah. versus rogers we can we can get into that now i think in uh in vegas the odds because they know more than than a lot of other uh, sources do they have the broncos as the favorites followed by i want to say the raiders See, so, if the Raiders get Rodgers, they are immediately up in my list for draft winners. If they can yes. get Rodgers, they had a great draft. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm in agreement with that. I just don't think Derek Carr – I think he's one of those quarterbacks that's going to be above average, but that's about it. You're not going to get any elite game play from Derek Carr. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the receivers down there. I mean, you look at the Vegas depth chart, and I just pulled it up. Your receivers right now, Henry Ruggs, John Brown, Hunter Renfro, and then I guess you can throw in Darren Waller. He's kind of a receiver, honestly. So if uh, if Rodgers ends up there, I don't know. I'm liking that. Wouldn't wouldn't it be so exciting to see Aaron Rodgers with Henry Ruggs? That would just be fun to see. And Darren, well, I don't – has Rodgers ever had, like, a really stud tight end? I was just thinking that maybe – I don't think – I think he had old Jimmy Graham, but not, not the good Jimmy, one. Yeah. Did he have – I can't even think, honestly. But I don't he think had, he's ever had a good He had one. Richard Rodgers who caught that crazy hammer <laughs> yeah. that one time. <laughs> but I think – I don't know, Aaron Rodgers with the super athletic tight end like Waller, that might be scary. And they just got uh, Kenyon Drake, right? And yeah. obviously they have Jacobs. Yeah. Again, that two-headed monster, man, in the backfield. Everyone's doing it. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles just tried to add that draft in that uh, that running back. I'm blanking on his name now. He's he's a nice running back. I, I think because it's tough for a running back to last. You got 17 games to playoffs to last 20 games a year, get 20 carries too. It's just not reasonable. Yeah. And especially with uh, the need for pass catching in the backfield now, and yeah. that, that's that's why I think I don't want to say the running back position is is dying because it's not, but it's these days of running the ball like 35, 40 times a game. It's just not not how it is anymore. You see the Titans and Ravens, they do it, but those are anomalies because the Titans not no one else has Derrick Henry, and the Ravens no one else has Lamar Jackson. I I think. Running the ball in the NFL is just completely different than when it was like 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, I think it's more like the athleticism. Like, athleticism has come such a long way. And you have people 
every combine, every workout set a new record for high jump and all these things. Mm. It's like, why would you waste that talent out on the outside when you can, like, why would you waste that talent to pound the rock when you can just have him run a streak, like DK Metcalf running a streak? I'd take my chances. Also, I think the running back position is sort of dying um, because you have teams like the Buccaneers and Chiefs who can just score every time they get the ball. Mm-hmm. So you just have to keep up with them, and you can't run the ball and keep up with them. you got to pass and score kind of fast on them. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Um, back to what Avery was saying about how you could just air the ball. At. Like what, what a coach is always saying in basketball, it's easier to pass the ball from point A to point B than run it, right? And when you have Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen who can throw the ball upwards of 70 yards, which is ridiculous in itself, and you have Tyreek who can run like a 4-2-40, there's just no need to run the ball anymore. Yeah, yeah it's a lost start for sure. So, yeah. And that, that's why I think that was another reason the Packers just should not have re-signed Aaron Jones for as much money as they did. Again, this the sole reason that's a lost start. And you drafted A.J. Dillon last year, which was a, a stupid pick at the time. But you can kind of kind of make up for it by giving him the starting role after he did all right. But instead, you just overpay Aaron Jones. The Packers are just crumbling. All right. And you're going to have to think about if Devontae Adams even wants to stay there anymore. Yeah. He loves Rodgers. Yeah, I feel bad for him. I'm going to move on to, to well, another loser. Uh, Actually, no, get, get your last thought. Yeah, it's our losers. No, I was just going to say, do I was going to losers. All right. One of my losers I had. So we spent a while on the Packers. I think they're the clear loser from draft weekend. The draft wasn't like god awful, but combining that with uh, Rodgers' whole. Yeah, it's pretty much just the Rodgers situation. Yeah. And then someone, a big loser I had was. The Panthers, they traded for Sam Darnold. They gave up a second and a fourth for him, which if if you're talking about the most important position in football, it's not that much relative to what other teams are paying for these for these quarterbacks. So it's not like you invested too much in Sam Darnold. And Justin Fields passes eight. You have a chance to grab him. Instead, you take J.C. Horn. I love J.C. Horn, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think Darnold is going to take you. He's not going to beat Tom Brady. And I'm not saying Justin Fields is right away, but Darnold is not going to lead you far in the playoffs. I, I feel like you know that by now. And Justin Fields, his ceiling, like Avery was saying, it's just so high. And it's just what he was able to do in college was incredible. He can build on that. And losing him just because you have a mediocre Sam Darnold who hasn't proved anything, I think that was a big, a big question mark and a big reason I have the Panthers. They had a decent draft, but I think. I think losing on Justin Fields was a big, big L for them. What if Sam Darnold turns it around, though? What if he just needed to get out of New York? He could. And and if you look at the weapons that he had in, on the Jets, which was quite literally nothing, it was just Jamison Crowder, to be honest. And now you go to the Panthers with all these guys. He could turn it around. We talked about this last podcast, but do they still have Anderson, Robbie Anderson? Yeah, they have Anderson, Moore. I think Anderson's deal expires after this year, but they still have everyone. They also drafted Terrace Marshall, 6'3". Like, easy, easy red zone threat. He's got to be a quarterback's best friend. So they got weapons. What, what about uh, Curtis Samuel? Because I always like Curtis Samuel. He's on the uh, Washington football team now. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got, he's, he got, he's nice. They, I like him. 
Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, if Justin Fields is there, you have to take him. I thought the Broncos should have taken him too, but obviously you have Bridgewater and Locke. You don't want to add a third head in that quarterback competition. But the Panthers have room fields for a year maybe. I don't know. I, I didn't like them passing up on Justin. Yeah. <clears throat> It'll really just come down to how Darnold pans out. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. All right, moving on. Next loser, who we got? Bro, you want to hit it or should I? You can go. All right, my big loser, which I don't know if it's a popular opinion or not, but I'm going with the Giants. Um, I think there's a couple players left in, on that board instead of Kadarius Tony that you go and get, you show up defense, just anything. I know Kadarius Tony, his big trait is that he will make you like make plays, big plays with the ball. So really, all you have to do is get the ball in his hands and. He'll probably go make something happen, but with uh, how bad the Giants are right now, I think Kadarius Tony was quite a reach to take at twenty. Uh, I just think there's other positions that you go and target first when you're one of the horrible teams in the NFC East. Uh, in the second round, they took Aziz Ojolari, who, I mean, he was, he's a good pick, but again, I think. The Browns, two picks later, took JOK, who, to me, again, harping on the point that the Giants are just horrible, I think take JOK, who has incredible potential, can play multiple positions. Yeah. I just think you take him. and It's like another uh, – who is that player? The safety – Jabril Peppers? Mm, yeah, they have him. Who's kind of – you don't know what he's doing. Like You don't really know what position he is. Punt returner, safety linebacker. Like, he plays all these different positions. I just think you're going to take another one and hope it pans out. That's a really good point there with Jabril Peppers because he already has that versatility in safety linebacker corner. And then you bring another guy who has that same slot corner safety linebacker. Mm -hmm. Offenses, like every quarterback would just be so confused. And the defensive coordinator, he's got to have fun with that, placing anyone anywhere. It is a big miss. They'd be flying around. Yeah, I just think you miss out on that. Super, I mean, it's not super scary defense, but those are two big playmakers. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with that. And, and I mean, you, you see Quiddy Pay, who has an insane potential, come off one pick after the Giants. And yeah. edge rusher was a big need for them. They were looking at him at 11, too. You can trade back nine spots and get him. I just, I just feel like there's a lot left on the board at 20, especially. Yeah, I just, that defense is, I don't know. Well, didn't actually, I might have to correct myself. They shored up the last couple games of the season, right? Yeah, yeah. they were. They sounded pretty reason, well. I don't know how. I feel like it's one of those things where the sum of the parts is greater than the parts. Like, there wasn't too much mm-hmm. talent, but they just bowled out. Yeah, I can remember that now. I still, I don't know, I'm... Still not big on that Kadarius pick. I don't see him panning out. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that. I'm moving on to my next my next loser here. This is one. I had high hopes for this team, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They had five picks in the first 65 of the draft. You already have the number one overall pick. You have the first pick in the second round. You traded Jalen Ramsey to get another first-round pick out of the Rams. 
There's a lot of potential here. Obviously, no brainer. Go Trevor Lawrence. And for that reason alone, I think it's tough to paint a loser just because you get a franchise guy and a guy who's mm-hmm. going to be your face or franchise for 10 years. But I think ETN, it's a luxury pick, but you're not in a position to make a luxury pick if you're the Jaguars. You just went 1-15. in 15. There's so many better players on the board. Trevion Morig off the top of my head. A lot of corners there. Uh, you could have gone Greg Newsom as well. I just think there's a lot of a lot of potential with that second first round pick that they missed by going ETN. You also have James Robinson there, who had very just a great year last year. And maybe he's not going to be a franchise running back, but he'll keep you going for a few more years. And then the rest of their picks, Tyson Campbell's a reach, a uh, little out of Stanford, the tackle. I thought there's better tackles on the board. They did all right, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to mitigate the damage uh, in the media's eye, but with the next four, they could have done a lot better. How do you all feel about the ETN pick? Because a lot of teams love it, or a lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. So I don't think it was like, let's draft this player to best help our team. I think it was a let's make Trevor Lawrence happy pick, um, Mm -hmm. reuniting him with his former college teammate. I think that was the main thing. Because, yeah, it wasn't the right pick, but – He's still he's still a very talented player. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I agree with that. Like, you do like, you just do whatever you can to make your franchise quarterback happy. So they did that in this draft. But you look at where they took him at 25. You only have to wait seven picks, maybe get him in the first pick of the second round. Right. So right. it's kind of like ETN might have been there with their what was it 33. He might have been there at 33, so kind of it's a little bit of a waste. That's a good so, perspective that I didn't even realize because the running back hungry teams were the Jets, Dolphins, Steelers, and them, and they all picked before. Mm-hmm. So you know he's going to be available uh, at, at 33 because no other team is going to even think about picking a running back. So, yeah, you definitely could have gotten him later and then saved that Tyson Campbell pick, who's also a reach. All right, we're going to move on to favorite picks, which just so happens to be row with with this Travis Etienne. So you want to keep this conversation going about, about a pick that I don't like, but I can definitely see where it comes from. Yeah, so Jags um, was one of my personal favorite picks. Obviously, Lawrence and Etienne. Um, I just like them reuniting them. Um, I think Etienne plays sort of like Kamara. And I love Kamara, the way he plays, just bounces off defenders and just like his ability to avoid tacklers is amazing. I think ETN can turn into one of those running backs later on. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's not a bad take at all. I think ETN can definitely make something happen in Jacksonville. So I, I like that, but I just think it was it's a pick you can wait on. Yeah, it was a reach, yeah. Speaking of another reach, uh, many consider it Rondo Moore to the Cardinals. Rondo Moore is a weird guy because he's he's five seven. Um, he runs a four two nine, has a forty one inch vertical, but he's five seven, so you have to offset that a little bit. But he's just a playmaker. Wouldn't happen. He got to the Cardinals, which I think is the best landing spot for him because the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury's offense is weird because it's it's not let's go deep every time. It's a lot of play action. Let's get these short crossing routes in. And I think that's where Rondo Moore is, is best suited. He's not going to go deep. He's going to get the ball behind the line of scrimmage or a couple yards in front of it. 
and then he's gonna and then he's gonna be explosive. Then he's gonna make people miss. I think there's a big need for playmakers, uh, just in the NFL and as a whole. Arizona has a lot, but I think adding him, yeah, it was a reach. But I think because I fit it so well, I'm just excited to see what he can bring. The Arizona Cardinals are scary next year. I think. Do you think they're contenders? Because they definitely made the moves as if they think they can like contend for a Super Bowl this year. Yeah. What did they? They just missed the playoffs last year, right? Like they were in a a game that if they won, they would have got in. If I'm correct. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. It just all depends on Kyler. I think the team rides or dies with him. Mm-hmm. That offense is nice, though. Yeah. Hopkins, AJ Green. That'll be an interesting story too. See how AJ Green bounces back. Yeah, he got paid six mil too, which is good for him considering he was very unproductive last year. Mm-hmm. So he got his money. He should. Again, that's what the Cardinals did. They signed JJ Watt, AJ Green. Uh, Malcolm Butler, all these guys who have, who have, like one, maybe even one or two years left of of productive football play, and they're just going to put it on the line and really try to win, push for Super Bowl in these next two years. Yep. So what is this is favorite picks, right? So mm-hmm. you, what did you say? You said uh, Cardinals was David Collins and uh, Rondo. Yeah, I said Rondo. I didn't say Zabin. Zabin's a good pick, yeah. You didn't say Zabin? Oh, okay. Well, then, uh, I might just have to go with the same team. Different round. <laughs> I love Zabin Collins. But, actually, you know what? I'll give you Arizona. <laughs> For me, my favorite whole draft. It's kind of weird because it's a lottery pick. But Jalen Waddle, uh, I think going to Miami, it's going to – for one, help Tua a lot. He uh, kind of struggled last year, right? Yeah. So you give him another receiver again at Alabama. So you got to have faith in him. Give him that. It's my favorite pick of the draft, honestly. That's a common theme we're seeing is because Tua played with Waddle. It's these quarterback or just team, college team, uh, uh, they just reunite with each other. You got Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and now Tua and Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to become a trend. So here's my other question about that. Do you, since they reunited Tua with another Alabama receiver, mm-hmm. why didn't they go Devontae Smith instead of Waddle? Did they see more in Waddle? Like, did they like his speed? Yeah, I think his speed is just teams want that, something you desire. And I think you have Devontae Parker, who's a big-bodied guy. And you have Will Fuller, who's only one-year deal, and he's he's inconsistent as it is. So I think if you just add this speed. And 166 on Devontae Smith has got to scare a lot of teams, not the Eagles. Yeah. And they made that clear by uh, saying in previous press conferences that football players come in all sizes. But I think I think the weight factor and – Waddle's speed definitely played into that pick there. It's definitely a good pick for him. Yeah, and I think Devontae Smith, he's a little bit of a bigger body. He's, what, six? Six yeah. foot? Yeah. So I think, again, like you said, you have Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, kind of put them on the outside. You might just need Jalen Waddle to come in, play a little bit of slot for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I like what Miami's building up there. 
I'm going to get one last, I think we have time for one last pick. Uh, it's kind of a boring one. Actually, no, I'll do the more exciting one. Uh, Ohio State running back Trey Sermon uh, to the nice. 49ers. 49ers already got Raheem uh, Mostert, but you add this this really good zone runner on that Shanahan offense. Good vision. Once he gets downhill, he can start moving. And the 49ers are a team to watch. Uh, Trey Lance, he's not going to come in right away and light it up, but maybe two years down the line, he could do something good. I really like the way this 49ers team is building uh, their, their future. I think Sermon, I think for me, Sermon is one of those players, like he's going to make something happen. You know, you watch him um, over in around Ohio State. And he just passes the eye test, like Skip Bayless says yeah. all the time. Like he just kind of explodes off your screen. You can't help but watch him. I think that's why he went so high too, because he doesn't have like a great forty. It's not like insanely big, but again, it's that eye test. Like he ran for I think over three hundred yards against Northwestern, which is they were ranked fourteen at the time. Like he he just knows. It sounds stupid, but he's just a good running back. And I, I, same way, I think Devontae Smith is just a good wide receiver. These guys are just very technical in what they do, and they know how to get the most out of their position. Yeah. And you look, I know, I just looked this up. I didn't know it was off the top, but Sermon had 254 total yards and a touchdown against Clemson in the playoff semifinal. I didn't realize. Wow. So it's another, like, back to our point to just. He's gonna make something happen. Mm-hmm. Is that the same game that Fields went berserk? Gotta be right. Yeah, probably was. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good Clemson defense too. It's not like they're terribly bad. Like they were in Alabama, but and that's another thing. When when Trey Sermon got hurt against Alabama in the championship game, like that team fell apart. That was a big part of why they just got demolished the way they did. Because Sermon was a big part of that offense. He's a good runner. What's his size? What's he look like? Oh, six one two fifteen. Oh, so he's bound to break a couple tackles, especially running through. Because the 49ers, do they? They don't run a lot of plays to the outside, right? They kind of like to keep it right up the middle and yeah, split they, in tackles. Split they in they run the outside plays for their wide receivers, which is interesting. With like Debo Samuel and Ayuk, but when they mm-hmm. run the ball, yeah, they they like to go inside, pull a guard and zone heavy scheme, which is it's fun to see. So that's not bad. You bring in a bigger body for sure. Not Derrick Henry, but yeah, I really like Sermon there. All right, before we wrap it up, anyone else want to throw a favorite pick out there? Uh, you know what? Let me, let me see real quick. I have one. I'll give like a quick explanation why I like to pick. All right, let's hear it. Um, it's kind of weird, but I like the Cowboys selecting Michael Parsons. Mm. Obviously, as Eagles fans, it's like I shouldn't be saying this, but everyone I think can agree with this. He was the best defensive player in the draft, and they got him at twelve. And then the report came out today that they're not picking up uh, Vander Esch's uh, option for next year. Mm-hmm. So I think Parsons is going to have to be that guy on the defensive end for them. So I really like that pick. Yeah, that's not bad. He definitely, if he fell to the Eagles, I would have been okay with that for sure. I like him. Yeah, and them trading back and collecting that extra third for like virtually nothing is also a very good yeah. first-round draft name, Garden, or with the Cowboys. 
Yeah. Yeah, because they they wanted Sertan, right? But he went like what one pick before? Yeah, they they got they got screwed over with Sertan and Horn, but they yeah. they credit to them. They collect an extra third, and they got a, like a defensive playmaker who can literally do everything for a defense that needs everything. They had a good first round. Yeah. All right, with that, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you all for listening. Uh, that was the end of our draft coverage. We'll keep harping on it a little bit as news comes up. But with the NBA heating up, we'll focus towards that with the playoffs in just a few weeks. So thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you all next time.